time for episode 24 of Commentator's Corner. And for those that will have met this man in real life at Christmas parties at Simply Race, is to my immediate left-hand side. My guest this time is the man behind the community at Owned Racing. A very warm welcome, Johnny Ashley, uh, who also, uh, when I was doing the Simply Race British Championships, and I found this out just before we went on air, uh, that you became an Alex Goldschmidt super fan the minute I gave you a big old shout out when you went <laughs> high, wide and handsome at one particular corner, if I remember correctly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, and he was I, was, I joined the club straight away. I was like, that man has recognised my abilities or lack of. Um, and yeah. That was it. That was, well, it was uh, set in stone then. Well, if you'd run out of talent, I would have said you would have done an Alex Verts, you know, because he was quite <laughs> he was quite apt about that at Lamar one year for, when he was running with Toyota. Um, but Johnny, the first thing I like for my guests to do is to give your own introduction to the folks at home to tell them who you are. Uh, so I'm Johnny Ashley. I'm the community owner of Owned Community Racing. Um, I have been sim racing. Oh, Long time, really. I've been. I started off in Grand Prix Two when I was about six years old, uh, and then kind of got back into it in my in my in my late twenties. Uh, I've been running only now for uh, two and a half years. I have three and a half thousand members, uh, and I'm an Alex Goldsmith super fan. And also, by all things, well, if people don't know, Owned Racing is the home of Jimmy Broadbent on SGP. There you go. It. It is. It is indeed. Uh, um, we are one of the uh, bit. Well, I think we are one of the biggest communities on 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 SGP as well. We've got Jimmy as well. So, uh, yeah, all started off as a a little community with just a few friends and some you'll know and we'll talk about later on. And um, yeah, and here we are. Well, Johnny, let's talk about uh, one thing I always like to talk about with regards to my guests that. Sim racing also has a correlation to real life motorsport. So, how did you get bitten, and who was the main catalyst? Was it a friend? Was it a family member that you got you involved into into motorsport? Just tell us a little bit of the story on that. So, motorsport uh, was in my blood from a very young age. Uh, my my granddad and my dad were massive Formula One fans in the mid nineties. Um, so, I kind of grew up grew up watching that and the touring cars as well with the likes of Alan Menu and Gerhard Muller and everything that used to be on Grandstand on BBC. So Saturday afternoons was always full of, full of, uh, full of racing. And um, I've had family members that work in, in racing as well. So I have an uncle that used to work for Richard Childress Racing in, in NASCAR. Um, I had an uncle who worked for Arrows um, and Jordan as well. So in Formula One. So kind of the bug's always been there. Um, so it was kind of the family. And then, uh, things change over your life and you, you kind of you keep in touch with motorsport a little bit but it kind of football was always a big thing for me when I was uh, kind of in my teens and going into my early 20s and then kind of I got too fat and slow to play football um, and motorsport came back in and it was actually uh, Ben Brown a good friend of ours Ben Brown that introduced me to Simply Race in, in Milton Keynes or maybe 2015 and said, because we always used to play kind of Forza and Formula One on the Xbox, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and he said, well, come and try some simulator racing at Simply Race. And uh, I was hooked, absolutely hooked. Um, and it became a staple of our Friday nights. We'd go to the Friday nights at Simply Race and I just got the bug. And it wasn't until, you know, 2020 and COVID hit that I got my my rig and my wheel and was like, right, let's uh, let's go and do some racing because we couldn't do it out in public we had to do it at home so that's kind of what come of it so the first question i really want to ask because we we are going away from like the commentator and the host sort of perspective what is involved in setting up a sim racing community where you said like started up two and a half years ago during the global pandemic you've now got over three and a half thousand members of the community there are multiple leagues on owned what were the first steps to create the community and, and, and get a gathering of people who now also meet IRL obviously as you say the only parties yeah. are normally at Simply Race I've been looking on your social media we'll get to social media in a minute um, but like say Will Dendy who's uh, been running in GT Cup um, also <laughs> has worked with Cami Sturch who's a future guest of ours uh, who you know well she's done some commentary yeah. for you guys um, what what is the main starting block? What's the main foundation, Johnny? You've got to have a drive to do it. 
you've got to be a highly motivated person. You've got a highly um, kind of coordinated person as well. Um, and you've got to have people around you that want to do the same thing. You can, it's not something that you can go and do on your own um, and go, I'm going to set up a racing community and I'm going to do it this way because you just it would just fail so quickly because your your ideas that you're putting forward, you've got no one to put them forward to. So you're setting the rules, you're setting the, the incidents, you're setting the leagues to what you like, um, which might not be what everyone else likes. So having a good group of people and having a drive and motivation to actually to to do something was it's the biggest thing really. If you haven't got that, um then just stick to community racing. Just stick to racing with your friends and but if you, you kinda of, kind of I'm I'm not not to big myself up, but I think I'm I'm quite an organized person when it comes to these things and I have a very set uh standard I like to keep and mm-hmm. that's kind of from the very first day of owned to to where we are now, that hasn't wavered at all. I think you say about being organized. I think I, I, I use two analogies, one of which I can say on air. The other one I can't, as long as we said, behind <laughs> closed doors. Uh, I'll say the behind closed doors one first, because this is not a not a for kids pro- podcast, folks, because we do have some expletives we have had on previous shows. But we have the seven Ps. Piss poor preparation promotes piss poor performance or f- prepare, uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail was the one that my dad taught me as a young. And do you feel that's very much true, even though that through the two and a half years and gaining so much ground, especially with regards to the way that Sim Racing GP, we have to give a shout out to Thomas and Dan Terry and Adam Ely, everyone behind the scenes at Sim GP, Sim Racing GP that do a fantastic job of making it so accessible now. The progression they've yep. made over the last couple of years has just been absolutely mind-blowing. It, it is a case of, as that community leader, you're the one who's 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 the be all and end all and you've got to like yeah. say well this is the procedure that we will do for screening members and there's a lot of detail that goes into it isn't there yeah lot, lot so much detail it's not just starting a discord and hoping people come to to, to you and doing your advertising and and like you've mentioned this in racing gp made it very accessible very quickly we were we were right on the button with it you know we we started in the february um we had a server for for us at a course of competizione, um, and we kind of we started off right, and we, we drew from other places as well. So we'd been part of on the limit community as well, and we'd we'd raced with, with Luke Crane over at Trovision as well, and we'd we'd raced in other places, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of draw on that experience as well, not to steal things, but to right. I need to write a rule set for for Discord, so you kind of take that from. All right, I'll I'll have a look at this one. What do they put? Compare it to someone else. What do they put? Uh, And then you kind of bundle that together and then you get, right, there's my Discord rules. Uh, And then you do the same with, you know, league rules and you kind of, you draw from experience of others as well. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's really quite difficult to, to get that all set up. But once that's set up, that's kind of your foundation for your community. And that kind of never changes. It might get tweaked here and there, but that's your foundation really to get going and and kind of put that foundation in for you to be able to then grow and do more events and, and go from there. I mean, how many how many racing series have, have you guys at Owned actually got at the moment? Because I, I keep on seeing Owned Racing oh. popping up on YouTube, on Twitch, and I'm like, hang on. Like, it's a, it's a, flourishing community it's like one of these butterflies that have just come out of the chrysalis at like there are series popping up all over the place and a lot of people in sim racing communities are volunteers you know they don't <laughs> earn money from this um how many racing leagues have you got johnny please be honest with me because i like i keep on seeing them like holy crap how many um let's have a think i have acc and ac on a a Monday, ACC on a Tuesday, AC on a Wednesday, AMS two on a Tuesday as well. So that's five before we've even got to halfway through the week. Thursday we have our ACC amateur series and uh, an AC one, so that's seven. Uh, Fridays we have ACC two point four, so that's eight. Uh, Saturday is usually quite because it's our endurance day, and then our big one on Sunday, ACC is our main event on Sunday, so nine a week. Bloody hell! And how many how many drivers approximately? What between twenty five to forty drivers per grid? 
depending on uh, yeah, dep- depending on the platform. It depends what yeah, it depends on game, depends on platform. Um most of the ACC ones will be anywhere between thirty five and fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh AC is anywhere between kind of eighteen and twenty four. Uh AMS two same eighteen to twenty four. So you know, decent grid sizes for, for the most part. And what would you say, uh, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, I want to ask you an honest question, out of all the simulators that you've you've driven on, whether it be Assetto Corsa, Assetto Corsa Competizione, R-Factor 2, iRacing, uh, Automobilista 2 is getting a lot of love because of the mods that are available, as is AC. What would you say is probably your your favourite uh, platform to go racing on yourself personally? Uh, if you'd have asked this question six months ago, Maybe a year ago, uh, ACT. That's of course a competition. Brilliant. If you love GT racing, it's it's spot on. You you, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, if you like a bit of variety in your life and you like to try other things, I'm a big fan of club racing myself. So Clio's, Radicals, Mini Challenge, Touring Cars, you yeah. know, proper club racing. Uh, it's Automobilista 2 all day long. Uh, I was actually playing it just before I come on uh, with you, uh, getting my practice in for tomorrow's race. Uh, yeah, just brilliant. Uh, it's the, the, so much like Project Cars 2, which is where I came from. For my sim racing career started in twenty in 2020 was Project Cars 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same engine, but has such an amazing feel to it now. So many different cars and tracks that are available. You've got so much coming to it. And like you mentioned with the mods, uh, a lot of Project Cars 2 mods, because it's the same engine, yeah. they've kind of transferred them over. Um, willingly, unwillingly, illegally, illegally, you know, we don't know. But the the fact that you can just put a content manager up, drag and drop the <coughs> files in yeah. there, it's just so good. So good, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Now, we mentioned Jimmer a little bit earlier on at the top of the show. Um, how often are you having like chats with him? I would imagine it might be because obviously he's now doing a lot of racing over at the Nordschleife with with uh, yeah. Super GT, aka Steve Alvarez Brown, if you didn't know his real name, and Misha Sharadin, who's the most prolific Nurburgring Nordschleife YouTuber ever, but has also worked at Rimac. Um, how how involved is is Jimmer behind the scenes? Whenever you get the chance to talk to him, or is it just like he just Not- says? Johnny, just go and do your thing. Yeah, yeah, not not really. We did, we had the conversations when <clears throat> we were eighteen months into looking after into, after Jimmer, um, and kind of there was lots of conversations at the start, and I uh, explained that what I do is what I do, and this is how I do it, and we're not gonna we're not gonna waver from that. And I think that's partly what got us the opportunity. Uh, I think he liked the fact we had a set of rules and we had a, an instant panel. We had stewarding and uh, um, and what we did. And we've had conversations. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't eighteen months ago. The last time I had a conversation with him, mm-hmm. uh, it was very much. We had a conversation a few months ago, and I said, "I'm just going to go and do what I'm going to." I'm just you happy? He's like, "Yeah, I'm happy." So we kind of just we carry on doing what we're doing. Um, obviously, his life's got so much busier recently, so. Trying to get hold of him, and I try not to hassle him too much. Yeah. Um, he does every so often message me at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday and go, "I want to race at six o'clock, and I want you guys to be involved." It's like, oh, okay. Uh, all, all systems go. I'm at my real life job, <laughs> so and then I'm trying to fill an event. Uh, but we do it every single time. He's got a great community. That you know, I'll say, look, Jimmy's racing tonight. We need to go and fill this grid, and the guys just come in, in their droves and. And, and come and join but yeah he kind of just leaves us to it and um, we kind of like brief conversations I, I think the last time i actually spoke to him was at british gt silverstone 500 that was the last time i spoke to him that's a few months ago as well we're probably yeah. talking what may june of this year yeah something may. like that so yeah. best part of three to three three and a half months or something like that um but i mean that's really good to hear that you know that jimmy gives you full has full confidence in you. I mean, of course, for those people that know what he does outside of obviously running the Belstein Black Falcon run BMW uh, and the Nordschleife, he's also one of the commentators alongside my good friend Tom Brooks for the uh, for Gran Turismo. Um, yep. You know, he's he, and he's a he's a he's a YouTube legend. Had the opportunity of doing his uh, the race for mental health four. I I worked on the broadcast for that alongside. Adam Weller, uh, Ash Vanderlei, who's one of the more prolific tw- yeah. Twitch streamers. She's now doing work with uh, Red Bull Esports, uh, SRO. Uh, actually had the opportunity. She'd flown all the way over from Washington State 
to Spa. Finally met up with her at the SRO Esports Arena because she was busy doing all the you know, like all the Twitch stuff. And it was just like yeah. really, really crazy that and for those wondering how many people I met, I've probably mentioned this. Um we had at the Fanatec Esports Arena, we had George Morgan, we had me, we had Paul Jeffrey, we had Mike Yao, <laughs> Steve Proudly, Ash Vandelay, uh, Tom Bunton, um, yep. Rory Alexander, Lewis McGlade, Cam Roger. There was like this whole conglomeration, and most of them were people like myself who were on commentary. And I was just like thinking, holy crap finally i get to meet these people in person <laughs> yeah it's just like it's really really good when surreal it is it is quite surreal when that happens i mean yeah. it's kind of the same whenever you meet people within like you know you and i both know uh ben brown very very well i still uh and obviously for those that don't know that one of my current roles on commentary is part of the Moser racing endurance championship powered by sim racing gp where we have owned racing owned cam sport and also owned sim house sim hound rookies yeah because uh, i think the last round was valencia yeah uh just uh, the beginning of the month the beginning of september but I, th- I think that's one of the other things now this is where i go on to social media okay. and we're talking about meeting in real life so johnny yeah i'm going to remind you of the Christmas, the only Christmas party at Simply Race, December the 18th last year. And there yeah. is a picture I am posting right now of Steve uh, Worrell, you in yeah. the middle, and Dan yeah. Terry. What on earth is that monstrosity of a T-shirt he was wearing? <laughs> and my, and it's, it's, that's really good to see. It's one of those moments that you, you will only capture in real life. My question... I don't know if Dan, you're going to answer this because I'm definitely getting you on the show. How many, beer, how many beers was Dan Deep at that point? Oh, we were we were a lot deep. That was that was the end of the night. We were a lot deep. I think we Dan got there at one. I yeah. didn't get there till kind of half two. This was the pub before Simply Race. Simply Race wasn't booked till seven. Right. And I knew it was going to be a bad night when we were doing um, glitter bombs at five o'clock in the afternoon. No. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is gonna, this is not going to be good. And then we got to. We got to uh, to, sim- to, to simply race, and obviously Steve was was still at SGP then, and he said, obviously, thank you for everything you've done for SGP. I'll buy all the guys a beer. So we all had a beer there, and then he just kind of soldered up to me and was like, "You can just drink on the tab, you know. Don't worry about it. Just you know, thank you for everything." So I stood, you know what simply race is like. I stood yes. behind the counter with Grant, uh, and I was just drinking beers, uh, just taking them out of the fridge and drinking <laughs> beers quite a lot. Yeah, I mean that that is why I I always look that there's got to be one moment and that moment stood out for me because it it, yeah. it just goes to show there it's nothing about community folks. It is about people. It's mm-hmm. we're all human at the end of the day, aren't we, Johnny? You know, it's all about the fact of Dan with the biggest Cheshire cat grin on his face. There's Steve with yep. a smile and there's you in the middle like going like come here boys, you know, like <laughs> like yeah. bro hugs, you know, on the podium at, at Simply Race. It, it just means a lot to us when, you know, there's all these like LAN events. We've recently had Gamescom in Cologne. We've had um, Insomnia, which you were at lo- the other week. Uh, yep. We've got the Sim Racing Expo coming up. Uh, there's DreamHack Hanover later on this year, the week before Christmas. Um, but, I mean, it, it's really nice when you get to meet people that have raced within the community and you meet up with them in person. It's a lot easier to talk to them. You could just tap them on yeah. the shoulder rather than DM them at like four o'clock in the afternoon saying, you fancy catching up tonight? You can actually yeah. go up to them whilst you've got a drink in your hand and go, hello, mate, how are you doing? Long time no see. <laughs> yeah. Even though you might yeah, have yeah. spoken to them 48 hours previously on a Discord server. Yeah, absolutely. And the the, the, the best way I could describe that was um, Adam Ely, uh, obviously M- SGP, now marketing, head of marketing at SGP, um, actually started when Own it started, he yes. was one of my first the first guys that I brought in um into Own it. I'd known him a little bit from from OTL. He'd done a bit of commentary over there and he'd actually commentated on one of the races I was in and he was looking for somewhere to race basically on one night, one Saturday night. So I just dropped him a message saying, look, I've started this community. We've got a race on Saturday night. Um this was well before Sim Racing GP. I had the likes of Chris Wilson, Christian Kelly uh racing in that as well. Oh yes, I remember um, them. Yeah. yeah, the guys from Simply Race, they all came over. Matt Gouja-Scott as well. And 
um, we had these guys racing and then and Adam come over and and then Adam became basically my right hand man for a long time in Onid. Uh, just incredible. And it, we had this moment where uh, Will Dendy invited us to, to GT Cup. Um, he said to me, look, I want you to come to GT Cup for the day. You know, it'd be really cool. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Got to meet Simon Orange and the, you know, the Orange Racing team and sit and watch a driver debrief. It was a really cool day. But anyway, Adam drives down to me on the Sunday morning, half seven in the morning, uh, and I meet him outside. And it was like, just, we'd never, it's the first time we'd ever met. I'd spoken to him for a good year yeah. prior. Um, and it was like, we'd known each other for years. There was no like, sometimes you get that little bit of awkwardness, you yes. know, it wasn't, it was like, Oh mate, how you doing? Right. I'm getting a car and, you know, straight to McDonald's on the way to Silverstone <laughs> at Toast yeah. around about, uh, have some grub together, you know, and, and spent the day. And it was just like, just two mates catching up. And I think that's what sim racing is about. And I've, I've kind of always had this in my head. Like community is massive. There's platforms out there for sim racing. Obviously, you've got your LFMs, you've got your SGP, you've got the SimGrid, uh, all platforms. Yes. But actually, the sense of community in sim racing is something that needs to be kind of nurtured and treasured a little bit because these platforms are slowly taking over. Mm. You know, they're, they're going to, it's what it's great for us. It's great for, <clears throat> we've yeah. got a platform we can go and host leagues on, but we need to keep kind of that feel of community. And that's one thing I've always done. I've got. Uh, 45 admins i think in owned now and we kind of all have the same kind of feeling we need to keep that community feel but still have strong rules and we you know we have to ban people and you know all that stuff that comes with with running the community but at the end of the day if i can jump in any voice chat in owned and talk to people that's that's for me that's and the the, the sense of you join it you join a voice chat in owned and they're like oh my god the boss is here and everyone goes quiet, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone goes stum, and you're like, "That's all right, guys. Don't worry. I was just coming in to see how you're doing. You know, just a quick catch yeah, up." Exactly. Because they always think that when the boss man jumps in Discord chat and it's a voice chat, they they go, "It's trouble." Oh shit! What have we done wrong now? Like instantly, <laughs> they think the worst after what mm-hmm. has been like, let's say, a positive couple of weeks. Great racing. You know, everyone's enjoying themselves. More members are joining the community. So, Johnny. As you said, you mentioned, and I'm going to pick up upon this, is that running Onid yep. is a full-time job, effectively, with the amount of hours that you put in. Yeah. But what yeah. is your actual full-time job outside of the community? So I'm a materials buyer for Barrett Homes Northampton. That is my actual job that I get paid for, and I do 9 till, well, 8.30 till 4.30, or 8 till 4.30 every day um that is a full-time job uh something i've aspired to as well um after many jobs over the years i never really quite found my kind of my the, my calling mm-hmm. um and then i kind of went to work for juicing the merchant and kind of learned about materials and yeah and i got an opportunity to work for a house builder and yeah it was a no-brainer and i got that job um been there two years now so yeah i really enjoy it how many hours would you say probably a week that you're spending on Onid yourself personally? Um, would you say it's probably comparable to the full-time job that you do for, for Barrett Homes or is it? Oh, more. Yeah. More. Yeah, absolutely more. It's the things that, you know, if you get five minutes at work, you just want to do something. Oh, I've just got to do something. Just remember to do something. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, Onid never switches off. Mm-hmm. I think is probably the best way to do it. I, I might not answer for, for four or five hours or but it never really switches off so it's kind of a 24 7 kind of thing mm-hmm. the bulk time i put into it kind of as soon as i finish work up is four five o'clock i have between five and seven that's kind of my my time with my family and we have dinner and mm-hmm. uh, but when seven o'clock comes i i'm in the man cave as you might see it's a bit dark and gloomy down here but mm-hmm. seven o'clock comes and i'm down um not every day i try to spend some days away uh, and that's why I've got so many people that, that kind of volunteer for me as well, because I can just go, I'm not going to do anything today. I'm not part of this league. You guys, I'm, I'm comfortable you guys running it. Yeah. Um, but it's the messages when you sat upstairs, oh, Discord's on your phone, isn't it? You, someone will message well, yeah, you or I, I, you I, get I, tagged I, in something. I, I know. I mean, like, I'm going to, folks, I'm going to give you an insight into what I actually have uh, on my phone right now. Now, this is the front screen of my iPhone 14. 
So in my Messenger tab at the bottom, okay, I'm just going to click on that icon here. I have seven. So I've got iMessage, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp Business, Telegram, Signal, Teams, and Discord. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I hate to think how many servers I'm a part of, probably the best part of 25, and that's probably going to grow in, in 2024. I hate to think how many Discord servers you've got on yours, Johnny. 11. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, third folder, uh, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. He's, he's, he's even counted it out for you folks, but like literally <laughs> I have to um, put my status on do not disturb unless I actually actively want to hear the, you know, when you hear the, the message bleep, on a server, especially. Yeah. And one of the things that I have done to keep my sanity, folks, is I've put the notifications off on Discord. So yes. if I want to hear it, I'll put I'll put me me head me me earbud in and then listen. Apart from that, when Discord is open, because for those that do wonder what setup I have, I've got triple triple screen setup. I've got a laptop and I've got screen number five, which is the iPhone. I think probably in some point I'll probably end up having an iPad at Pro as well because my mum might be looking to change hers at some point soon. <laughs> so I'll get a, I'll get a nice little hammy down that I can update and and have for myself. Um, but yeah, like you say, with Onid, it is a case of it's ongoing. It's a consistent twenty four seven. 365 yeah. even if people wish people happy birthday happy christmas happy new year whatever oh, yeah. it is everyone is available that's the problem yes. that's the thing yeah i mean 100 i've had i've been messaging people christmas day um you know just something will come up just something and it's like adam will tell you he's the biggest he tells me off so much yeah, I have a week's holiday. Always have a family holiday in the summer. Take the kids away. Might only be caravanning, but we love it. We go caravanning, and I'll leave it two days. Yeah, and uh, something will draw me back in, and 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 they're all at it really. If something draws me back in. And I'll, I'll get involved in something, and all I get told is go away. Fuck off. <laughs> just go and enjoy your holiday the, like i said folks this is a not for kids podcast all right johnny has just proved literally. that by what he's just said there but but yeah, I, I, that's what i'll get it, exactly you'll be to- well i'm going to use the politically correct term you'll be told to go forth and freaking multiply that's what you're yeah, told yeah, to do yeah. but yeah i mean like you say it, it is you know we we all are part of this eco sensor with regards yep. to in, uh, IT, if, uh, modern day IT. You can't keep away from it. There's social media out the wazoo. Like literally, when I've been hearing about Snapchat and Reddit, and like I, I've got I've got enough social media platforms to concentrate on. That even includes Threads from Instagram. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I'll be honest with you. Elon Musk getting his nose out of joint because X, no, I'm going to call it what it was, Twitter, I don't care, Elon, (laughs) throw me under the bus on that one, I don't give a shit. Um, But threads gave an opportunity, I think, to people that were posting more on Instagram and didn't have a Twitter account, that if they wanted to provide a YouTube link, they can, which Mm -hmm. is great, which is like links to anything on the internet. And that's what I love about the beauty of threads. Of course, it's not as popular as Twitter has ever been, to be honest with you, because that's been around since day dot. Um, right, we're going to get on to some different questions now. Which uh, So thanks very much, Johnny, for firstly your insights on with regards to like the community and the things that happen behind the scenes and obviously the funny moment with Dan and Steve. So shout out to those boys. They are definitely uh, making sure at one point what both of them separately yeah, will be absolutely. on the show at one point um what was the first ever motorsport event that you attended in person and do you remember when where what racing did you go and see and who did you go with uh yes it was the i think um, i'm gonna th- i think it was this the 99 silverstone formula one qualifying oh i think it was 99 it might okay. have been 2000 i went with my dad 
Mm-hmm. Got tickets for my uncle, who was at Arrows at the time. Yep. Uh, Damon Hill was at Arrows, if I remember rightly. Um, and I was a massive Jordan fan because it had the buzzing Hornet livery. Yes, yes, because of the thing Yano was... Truly was in the car. That's oh I was god, a massive the, the the man that was coined as many um, having many trains behind him. It's the Arno Truly train, and that yes. is an analogy I use in any kind of. Uh, Predominantly when it's senior road tax out on track, you've got 36 drivers, you've got about a gaggle of 12 and a go, ah, it's not the Arno Chili train, it's the so-and-so train now, which is at, yeah. uh, like everyone just goes, as soon as you mention the word Yano Chili and train, the amount of people that come up to you and go, I remember when people used to say that on commentary in Formula 1. I said, yeah, because for yeah. those that don't know, uh, tobacco sponsorship in the UK at that Stop. point was banned. It was. It was banned. It, I think, if I remember the rightly, the year before, it was the gold Benson and Hedges car. Yes, it was. And then it was originally the Benson and Hedges, but it had the the, the nose cone on the front with with the the Hornet. Yeah. But then it got banned, and if I remember rightly, that's when it became buzzing Hornets instead of Benson and Hedges. And it also had a snake mouth at one point on that nose cone as yes. well. So yeah. Benson and Hedges got replaced with buzzing Hornets on the front of Eddie Jordan's uh, cars. And I still remember when, what was it? It was Damon Hill and was it, I can't remember, was it Heinz Harold Frenson when they got that Frenson, one yeah. at Spa? Yeah. And in Dam- the race that was ridiculous. Yes, in the race that was ridiculous. And Damon went on the radio and said, I think it's probably better for everybody else that we stay where we are. Yes. Which was the right call. And uh, that was the only ever yeah. one-two for Eddie Jordan through his run as a team principal. Um, that's pretty cool though. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. God, those were the days. Those were the get days when they used to. I, I, I think there might have been one before, but or it might have been after. But I, do you remember when they used to do the Autumn Gold Cup at Silverstone? Yes, yes. And this was before the Walter Hayes Trophy, which is normally Formula Fords. Um, yeah, yeah. The Autumn Gold Cup. Oh my goodness me! I remember. Yeah, I, I never I, went to one, but I did see highlights. I did. Of one. Yeah, you used to get all kinds of things. Mini Cooper racing, you know, Formula Fords, F three thousands, um, you know, all the classics. But I, I definitely went to an Autumn Gold Cup. But I was only, yeah, I think it was I was a ten or eleven when I went to Formula One. I only went to the Saturday because my dad took my granddad to the race. Um, so I only went to the Saturday. I remember it raining as well. God, did it rain? And I'm pretty sure it rained and dried up, and Coulthard got pole. I think you're right there. I think you're I think right. I think it was yeah. that was the year I was cool. there. Good old DC. That was probably that would have been in his McLaren days. Yes, the West. Well, I don't know if it was West then because wasn't West. Yeah, well, because they had though. David and Mika on the side pods because he was teammates ah, with Hakkinen. Yeah. Yes, with, and, then, the... and then we had the same with Kimi as well later yes. on uh, yeah. when that man joined uh, joined alongside Correct. a certain Juan Pablo Montoya. Yes, back in the day. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Next question, buddy. Favorite racing drivers. Who Who are yours? Uh, should we go by discipline? We can do. The floor is yours, Mister Ashley. Um. Oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Formula One. Mm-hmm. Um, Jensen Button. Oh, good call. Good call. Massive fan of Jensen. Um, he was the last, when he won the championship with Braun, I think it was the last Formula One season that really interested me. <laughs> I kind of went off it <laughs> you know, after you, that. You know, you know what? I'll be completely honest with you, Johnny. Uh, after Senna passed away in 94 uh, at the San Marino Grand Prix, when we lost, uh, we nearly lost Rubens Barrichello. Let's not forget that. Yes, weekend. we did. Yeah, that was horrific. That was, and that was with the old... Uh, Red and blue Jordan, if people might remember, when he whacked yes. the barriers. Then we lost Simtex, uh, Roland Ratzenberger, through Aqua Minerali yep. at 200 miles an hour, folks. 200 uh-huh. miles an hour. Through qualifying, who was his teammate at the time? A man I know very, very well. The man who's behind Brabham Esports, of course, David Brabham. Yep. And then we lost Ayrton within the first 20 laps of the race going through the now... What when Tamborello was a sweeping left hander, not the triple apex, 
that we yeah. see now. Very, very different corner. And for those F1 historians about you as well, you will have known that Gerhard Berger had a massive prang there and his car caught fire. Yes, I remember it. I do remember it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of Formula One. I'm, I, I, I just can't watch it now. No, um, that's fair enough. Jen, Jensen Button's definitely up there. Um, and it, it kind of that crosses over because obviously he did Garage 56 this year. Um, oh, in, with in the Hen- oh, with the Hendrix NASCAR with Mike Rockefeller so, and Jimmy Johnson. Oh, that car sounded I'm, awesome. I'm a huge NASCAR fan. Yeah. Absolutely huge NASCAR fan. So there's so many legends in NASCAR, and oh. that's kind of where all my favorite drivers kind of kind of sit. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, yep. He raced actually on Saturday in the Xfinity race. First time he's come back for a few, you know, a couple of years and was actually winning the race until his car caught on fire. Um, yeah. So I love Dale. Um, obviously, because of my uncle working for Richard for RCR, Richard Children's Racing as well. Yeah. So we kind of had the Clint Boyer was always a bit of a legend. He used to have the Jack Daniels number seven car. Oh, God. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, finished Daytona 500 on its roof. Um, I'll tell you a little story about that, actually. Oh, oh go on, so then, my, go on. My, my mum went to the RCR Museum in in, in Charlotte and Carolina um, yeah. to, go and see my, to go and see where my uncle worked. And um, they the, the famous picture of the, the Jack Daniels car on its roof, Daytona 500, combed through the grass, finished on its roof, Clint Boyle's in the car. Um, they then, they didn't do anything but pick it up, put it on a flatbed, and put it in the museum, and it's in the museum with turf hanging out of it. It's just exactly as it was on the track. They didn't do anything; didn't clean it up. Just put it straight in the museum, and that's where it sits today with all the turf hanging out of it. It's a bit like with Audi and their LMP car, LMP one cars at the Ingolstadt's Audi Forum, which I had the fortune of. Uh, well, <clears throat> it was 2018. And I just finished my first full season as the commentator for the Rotax Max Euro Trophy. And I decided, well, you know what? I haven't had an opportunity to be... Uh, I hadn't been to Germany in, get this, folks, 24 years. 19, I did... Um, and there's something I haven't really told many people about, is that for my work experience at secondary school, I did an international work experience. So I ended up working in Hamburg for two weeks at an electronics stroke radio uh, record store, which was called Shaolent, which had a like one of those sort of like, um, you know, like console game, like ghost characters as part of the logo. Yeah. And everything in the top 50 hit Pahada included David Hasselhoff with a dodgy, flashy cop piece <laughs> on it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to, I decided, you know what, I'm going, it's my first time in Germany for 24 years. I've always wanted to go to Ingolstadt and to Munich. So I wanted to visit the Audi and the BMW Velt, uh, Audi Forum and BMW Velt in one day. I nearly accomplished it. The only problem was is that Munich, well, BMW decides to close the BMW Velt on a Monday. And my flight was Monday night. (laughs) However, it didn't, you know, I still managed to make it to both locations. So I actually stayed in a hotel which literally two minutes drive from Audi's HQ in Ingolstadt yeah. uh, called Humreich, which was really, really nice. So I drove from Wackersdorf to Ingolstadt, which was about an hour and 20 minutes after we'd done all the championship presentation and everything. Drove down to Ingolstadt, stayed in the room, wonderful place, chilled out, nice breakfast in the morning, drove two minutes down the road, free parking if you were going to the Audi Forum. They were changing the glass panels, so I got free entry. <laughs> Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I also <laughs> saw, uh, I'm going to put a picture on screen now. And uh, Johnny, I'm going to actually try and find this picture. I actually saw the original prototype for the first ever Audi e-tron. And it's like, oh, nice. And it's, um, I'll bring that picture up on, uh, on, on screen now as we speak. Um, but I saw the first ever Audi e-tron. That eventually got released. Uh, eventually got revealed in. I think it was San Francisco. Yeah, it was San Francisco. It got revealed uh, back then. So I think I might be able to find it. Let's see. I'm scrolling through my phone as I'm doing this, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. 
Um, let's just see if I can find it. Da, 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 da. Well, uh, let's have a look. It's there somewhere. I'll, amidst all the bloody hundreds of pictures I took on the in the Audi forum, it was actually when I came out of the Audi forum. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. So Johnny has just seen that picture whilst I've kept it up on screen, and that was on the first. That was on the first of October, twenty eighteen. So that is nearly five years ago to the day. Wow. It's really, really weird. Um, and that's at the point of recording this episode, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I ended up going there. Um, and then I ended up having lunch in the restaurant. So I had a traditional currywurst mid pommers with, with mayonnaise and uh, as a traditional Bavarian drink. But it's also known all across Germany called Spezi or Mesomix, which is a combination of Coca-Cola and Fanta. German creation. Yep, and it is a bit like Marmite. Either you love it or you hate it. My niece tried it when she went to Berlin for a school trip earlier on this year. Hated it. To be fair, I do have a tendency to like a muddy puddle. That's a good analogy there. Coca-Cola and pure orange juice. Well, yeah. That's quite nice. I can imagine Fanta would not be bad. Only you've got got probably an added carbonation in that with the Fanta. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it, but it's all just, the carbs. Yes, yes, all, all, <laughs> yes, all the carbonation. Well, the, the more gas, the better, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, and then so I ended up going to the BMW so like main area, so right underneath the tower, like the the, the three pillar tower that I've yep. got uh, that was inaugurated back in 1972. So it's been around for over five five decades. Uh, as BMW celebrated its centenary last year and 50 yeah, years of the, yeah. the main tower, which is quite cool. And then I, I was looking at everything. And this is when, like, the BMW 8, like, the 8 came out, the i8 was out. Um, you then had all the plug-in hybrids, so, like, the 218 Active Tourer, which is a car that I think is an absolute monstrosity BMW. <laughs> like, some of the designs, uh, like, say, the BMW XM, which is another Marmite's car. It's the one with the, it's the twin turbo V8 hybrid. It's the SUV that's got the biggest set of kidney grills, and people like saying, "What on earth is that?" Oh, yes. Johnny's just taking a look at what I'm talking about. It is, it is, it is a bit of a marmite car. Some people like it, some people don't. No, Um, it looks like something that should be out of Tron or Transformers. It it looks like. I'm going to make an analogy here. You ever remember uh, Euro Trash with Antoine de Corn and uh, (laughs) Jean Paul Gaultier? Yeah. You had no. I don't know what you mean. uh, You're lying because I can see the smile (laughs) on your face. Anyone might remember the French uh, exotic star was that was on there that had uh, more plastic surgery than what she could actually do with. That's what I would. That's how I use the analogy with regards to the BMW XM. This is probably going to be edited out of the chat anyway, but (laughs) never mind. but yeah, I, uh, that that was pretty good. So okay, so we're digressing slightly, but it's always good to do that. So, um, so we've had NASCAR, we've had Formula One, British touring cars, Johnny. Panto. Oh yes, the the yeah. Panto villain of British touring cars for many years. Do, do you know, and I'll tell you why is because. I saw him in touring cars. I absolutely loved him in, in touring cars. Him and, and Matt Neal had the best battles when oh, I was yes. kind of they were just brilliant. But then he had the period where the super tourists kind of stopped and, and Neil and Plato went off and they left British touring cars. Yes, they did. They actually went to the British As Car series. Oh god, yes. Yeah, um, I remember that. Now. Obviously being a NASCAR fan, I live in Northampton. Rockingham's only in Corby. Yep. So kids got him free. I was under sixteen at the time. So dad was like, come on, we're going up to the, to the Oval up at Rockingham. Every Sunday it was on. And then, yeah, and it was Plato versus Neil in in what was the old Chevy Impalas that, that, used, to, yes. that used to be the NASCARs, which are now the Arkham Menard series. And they use all them kind of them cars in that. Um, yeah, just brilliant. And we had so many good drivers in that series. So many. Ben Collins, the Stig. V8 
the originals. Uh, no, yeah, the the what? No, for those wondering, he wasn't the original, was no, he? Perry McCarthy. And if you haven't read his book, if you haven't read Perry McCarthy's book, which I actually have upstairs in my bedroom, and I'm still halfway through reading it. I have to at one point get Jason Plato's book. Uh, I've heard it's an absolute riot. Absolute riot. I can imagine it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, British touring cars. Uh, GT3s, who would you say probably is one of your your favourites? Uh, it kind of... I know he, he varies between prototypes and GT3, but Nick Tandy's great. I love watching Nick Tandy. I think he's brilliant. Obviously, he's been... In, did the port... I think he did Porsche Daytona this year. He was in the Porsche, yeah, which was, was a, brilliant. Well, yeah, well, actually, funny enough... Yeah, in the 963, and he was the one that lost it through the Le Mans chicane, formerly known as the bus stop. Uh, yes. And it's quite funny that you've now got the Daytona chicane at Le Mans, and now you've got yep. the Le Mans chicane at Daytona. And that was where Nick lost it during qualifying, and the left front took an absolute pounding. He still Flat got it back through. to pit lane. Still yeah, got it back no, to pit big, lane. I'm a big fan of, of Nick Tandy. I think he's great. Um and I love some of the guys that you know, GT3 is about people racing that you wouldn't necessarily think races. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Fassbender is the one, obviously, with, um, yes. oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Ricard Leitz. <sighs> Ricard Leitz is no, the... Who, uh, yeah, there was the other guy, Patrick Dempsey. Obviously, Patrick Dempsey, yes. Proton Racing. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're just guys that are just gentlemen racers that just got into the sport and they want to race and i love that about gt3 i absolutely love it um but yeah nick tandy's always been one for me I, I, whatever he's racing i'm like go on because he's only bedford lad as well so he's not well exactly not many miles away i mean you look at it he's for, for folks that are uninitiated in the world of sim racing nick tandy's not just the lamar 24 hour real life winner he also won yeah. with porsche coanda alongside a good friend of mine who runs with Heroic in ESLR1, Tommy Uskard. They won the GTE classification of the first ever 24 Hours of Le Mans virtual. Yep. Yeah, it's great. And there is that crossover as well. That's what I yes. love about sim racing. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, you see Max doing it. You know, Max Verstappen. You see these guys. Obviously, Jimmy's now doing the he's the other side. So he started in sim racing and has now yeah. got a real drive. Um, but the skills kind of work both ways. and you know, I'm not very good at it. I don't ever pretend to be very good at it, but there's some people that are really talented. Um, and Will Dandy, for me, mm-hmm. watching him, he's so quick. So quick. I mean, it's let, let's actually get on to that, um, that, that, that point, where when you look at how people were laughing about a few years ago, like, say, the late 2000s, when a certain project run by Darren Cox, GT Academy, came along. And then you've got all these people, such as Lucas Ordonez, Miguel Feisca, and, of course, the biggest name that really made an impact out, uh, out of that program, Jan Mardenborough, whose story is now being told through the... I, I would call it more of a biopic as opposed to a biography film about him. Yeah, Gran Turismo. Yeah, um, because the, the there's there's it's really interesting about uh, because I've watched the film. I am going to give my honest thoughts on a review at some point when I get the opportunity to try and traipse through all the prep work that I've got to do, all the podcasts that I'm recording, which are edited and being put onto the respective audio platforms as well. Um, but funny enough, there are two links indirectly connect me with Jan Mardenborough and I'll share them with you. His dad used to play for two football clubs. One of which is Cardiff. I have family in Penarth who live 20 minutes away from Cardiff Central. And the other one was Colchester United. Colchester, 20 minutes by car from me where (laughs) I live. So there's an indirect correlation but to see a, a kid who was doing auto, uh, mechanical engineering at Cardiff University and then decided to, one summer, go for the opportunity, GT, um, yeah, Yamaguchi-san and Darren Cox having this idea of getting the best sim racing drivers together, 
putting them head to head. Um, Yan really exploded onto the scene. He then went over to Japan, raced in Japanese Formula 3, uh, raced as a works GT500 uh, Super GT driver yep. in the most iconic of Nissan Skyline liveries, the CalSonic <laughs> livery, which still is used to this very, very day. Things like that where it really gave us an idea and an understanding that you can, you can put a sim racer into a real-life car, and if they've got the nouse, then they'll do it. Jan, Lucas, both have got podiums, especially at Le Mans in LMP2. And then you look, like you said, Max Verstappen, a perfect example. The man who's on course to win his third successive Formula 1 world title is the man that is one of the big guns at Team Redline, who also are back through Red Bull and Verstappen.com, has a simulator in his living room. So when he's not at a track, yeah. he's he's on a sim at his at his place in Monte Carlo. It it just goes to show that when we hit, when the global pandemic happened, we had all these you know these the, these people from all walks of life. We had Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso, Emerson Fittipaldi, all these people jumping into sim racing. It was really wonderful to see how some really really reacted and got into it and then there were those that were thinking you know what this is just a stop gap i'm going to have a laugh with this but i'm going to see how good i actually am behind the wheel of a yeah, sim yeah. it really does go to show that now in 2023 we are seeing more talents coming through sim racing um like say moritz lerner yep raced uh raced in in dtm trophy commentated on by Actual Vision, Luke Crane, who was one of my first guests within the first 10 episodes. Um, Tim Heineman is another example. He's gone from Sim to DTM, and he's running with Toxport WRT in the Porsche against the likes of Kelvin and Shelvin van der Linde, Mirko Bottolotti. Uh, you know, there's so many people. Mauro Engel, Lucas Auer. You have a look at James Baldwin. Yeah, Baldwin's another example. <laughs> well, uh, him and Rudy Van Buren both uh, both were the winners of the first ever uh, the first two, and there weren't any since. World fastest gamers. Uh, uh, Rudy's been doing Porsche Super Cup. James yep. has won in British GT. Fun enough yep. with Team RGN, who just so happened to be aligned with your favourite F1 driver, Jensen Button, in yeah. in, in yeah. Team Rocket. Um, but it's it's really good to see that that line. That people said there's there's like three three and a half years ago people were bluntly going yeah sim racers ain't worth squat like there was a lot of people having doubts and now yeah, yeah. we have that we I wouldn't say that we have that luxury you and I or a lot of people in the community but we have that viewpoint whereby that line is so thin that line isn't going to exist in a few years even yeah probably absolutely. not even eighteen months. No. Absolutely. And I actually think um, sim racers that that will have the opportunity to transfer over to, to, to IRL racing um, actually are better mannered than than some of the guys that... that, that will Dendy is the prime example. And I'm going to tell you this little story about Will because obviously Will's very quick, races GT4 for, for Orange Racing, looking to get a GT3 ride next year, drive next year, so that should be great. Um, he races in real life, comes to do uh, leagues with us because obviously we all know Will and Will's a, a great supporter of us. Um, Will does something that he thinks is acceptable in real life and probably wouldn't be punished for. But actually, in our rules and regulations, he got a heavy penalty. Yeah. And he's like, well, I got called to the stewards for that. Yeah, because you can't do that in sim racing. It's, you know... You've got to be kind of, there's a set rules. So actually, when the, the, the sim racers go to real life racing, it's like, oh, you know, they're a bit more aware and a bit more honest than you probably find some of these old, these older gentlemen club races that are a little bit more get your elbows out. Yeah. Touring car style. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there, there won't be a line soon. Like you said, there won't be a line. There'll be crossovers galore. Uh, I hope that Onid still exists to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we will. I think we will. Uh, as long as my passion's still there and uh, I can still drive it on and, and things go our way, I think we'll still be there and we'll see it through to 
to wherever it may be. You know, I'm I've not got any plans to kind of hold back anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just go with go with the flow and go with the times and see where, like you say, when that line disappears, see where we we end up and what we can do from there. Exactly. Um, right. Next question. Have you ever been starstruck when you've had the cat in the headlights moment, when you've met a racing driver or you've met a personality, say maybe in, in, in person within the sim racing community that you've, you've, you've gotten on well with. Have you ever had that moment where you've had the cat in the headlights minute? Um, yes, but not within sim racing and okay. not within the racing world. Um, obviously I met Jimmy for the first time in May, which was kind of, that was cool. You know, I've spoke to him plenty of times on voice calls and stuff, uh, and it was cool to meet Jimmy. Uh, but I've never had that moment with the racing. I think, I don't know, I've kind of, yeah, musically I have. Mm-hmm. I had a, a, a very amazing moment because I love music. Music's a big passion of mine. Um, I had a moment where, I don't know if you've, there's a band called Alter Bridge and Creed, they used to be years ago. Um, heard of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a guitarist, Mark Tremonti, um, who a friend of mine was doing sound engineering for his support act, yeah. said to me, rung, rung me up one day and went, oh, by the way, um, I've got your VIP tickets for London to come and see Tremonti in his, in his own band. Uh, you need to be in London tonight. Okay, yeah, I'll get on the train, jumps on the train. Uh, met the guy who was doing sound engineering. Yeah, I had a chat with him. He said, right here at the end of the show. Going to take you backstage, going to see the Raven Age with the, with the band that they were supporting. Going to hang with the Raven Age lads. I was like, that's brilliant. And he said, uh, and then we'll take you in to go meet Matt Tremonti. And I kind of was like, okay. And then, yeah, walked into his changing room and I had that moment of like, that's like my guitaring hero. I've listened to his music since I was like 11 years yeah. old. And here I am at 25, like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like the holy shit, this is happening moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I like the fact, I like the fact, Johnny, that, um, that you brought in, actually out of every single guest so far, you're the first one that has actually done something different than sort of like, say, a race driver it's like a musical hero you know like march yeah, yeah that's that's mega mate i mean that that's yeah. it just goes to show this is the reason for commentators corner folks as i keep on pounding everyone's eardrums with it is that everyone has a different moment where it might not be a racing driver it might not be a personality it could be someone from the music industry or from film or from tv or from radio where you get that starstruck moment. So this is a first for Commentator's Corner, Johnny. So well done. And that, that's, an, that's another tick in the box. Um, but I, I think uh, we've got three more questions before we, we wrap things up. Um, what are the future goals for Owned, apart from continuing to flourish and expand? What are the future goals? What's a big goal that you really want to hit? Maybe, let's say... If only it's still going in the next five to ten years, where would you where would you want to see the future of Owned being? Uh, so, well, giving away secrets, giving away plans. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> give give away as little as possible. But where where would you personally like to see it? Um, personally, I'd like to be the go to community for sim racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my me and my team have the drive to do it. It's where we people come and go. Yeah. Um, but I think if I can keep a core team that are still doing it in five to ten years, I think I'd like to think we could be you know, bigger than an RCI. Um, you know, bigger than you know, be the biggest out there. But I want people coming to me to do things. You know, I, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be uh, the likes of SimGrid and because they're platforms. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a platform. Maybe one day. Um, one day, maybe not too soon. You know, we'll give it a go. Um, LFM is going to be, you know, they're a platform. They're going to be big. We're not going to be iRacing LFM kind of platform big, mm-hmm. but I want to be the home of community racing. Um, I want to be that the first name on people. You know, you could talk to anyone. You might have a friend that does sim racing. Where do yeah. you sim race? Only only community racing. That's what I want to be. I want to be that. You know, I'd love to see us get past five, six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand members over the next few years. Will we get it? I hope so. I hope so. Things change, life changes, but my plan is to keep it going. 
as long as possible. Very good answer there, mate. Very good answer. Spot on. Uh, penultimate question. Right, name three memorable moments in motorsports that you have watched that you just go like, oh my God, I can't believe I've just seen that. What are the first three like magical moments in motorsport that you remember off the top of your head right now, Mr. Ashley? Uh, motorsport, so it can cover any kind of any motorsport? Any kind of motorsport, whatever you like, mate. NASCAR, whatever. Um, the floor is yours. So, uh, last year, uh, you've probably seen it, Ross Chastain doing the wall ride at Martinsville. Oh, yes. Yes, he got through. <laughs> oh, my God. To get into the final four, um, just video came. Crap, how did he do it? Like, it's just bizarre. Like, what goes through someone's head as a race driver yeah. at 150 miles an hour to stick it in the wall and go quicker than anyone else, beat Denny Hamlin on the line to get in the final four into the playoffs? Yeah. Just incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah, that's got to be up there. Um, uh, Casey Stoner in MotoGP. Mm-hmm sidewards on a bike around the last corner at Valencia. Oh, God. Completely yeah. sidewards. The rear was overtaking him and held it as he comes around the last corner at Valencia. Just absolutely incredible. Just wow. What a wow moment. You all just watch it and go, he's going to come off. He's coming off. <laughs> you know, yeah. The bike's going to spit him off and it just didn't. That's a good one. Just incredible. I, um, I, I still remember... You remember when he, when he was having the ding-dong with Valentina Rossi and uh, overtook him at the corkscrew at Laguna Seca one year? Oh, incredible move. That, oh. that was a good one. And your yeah. final magical moment, Mr. Ashley, please. This one, just because I think I was surrounded by my friends at the time, um, Interlagos, Timo Glock, wrong tyres, rain starts coming, Lewis Hamilton beats Massa to his first title in Formula 1. I think just because I was surrounded by friends that we love Formula One at the time, and you just go, the commentator goes, "Oh my God, is that is that Glock? Is that, that and he just goes past that him?" That was and, Martin Brundle, folks. That yeah, was Martin just, Brundle saying, "Is that Glock? Is that Glock? Yes, it is. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday." Um, yeah, that was a fantastic moment. Oh, that's brilliant. Three magical moments there, Johnny. Uh, but your final question, and this is where I flip the script a little bit. Oh, so cool. my guest provides their answer. I then provide a corresponding answer. So, Johnny Ashley, your final question here on Commentator's Corner is that if you had no budget limit, no cost cap like they have in Formula One, no glass ceiling about money, okay, you have a choice of which circuit you can drive a car, be it road or race car, of your choosing. Tell me what car you would pick, where you would drive it, and why? That's a really tough question. <laughs> it gets every guest thinking. That's why oh. I always like to end it on this one. The track is easy. Go on. Watkins Glen. <laughs> the short. Full, the, the, the full one with the loops. Or the short no, one. The, short, the short version, but still has the bus stop. So instead of going, when you go out the bus stop, you go right and go down the hill. You yes. just go right back on yourself, back to the, the last couple of corners. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, car! Oh, I'm I, I'm torn. They're both they're both British cars, right? Okay. And I'm torn between the two. I will give you both. I will give Bentley you both. Continental Bentley Continental GT3. Ah, the M Sport one where they took half of its carcass off it in weight. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Janetta GT4 Super Cup. G- G55? G56. Sounds G56. so much better than the 55. Okay, cool. Right, okay. Right, you're saying Watkins Glen for the circuit. I am going to say a staple, Road Atlanta. Great track. Okay, now known as Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, based in Brazelton in Georgia. So, we are now going to look at cars from the era of when the Bentley Continental GT3 raced. Now, also, folks, if you have ever watched 
Chris Harris drives cars. He competed in a Bentley Continental GT3 at Spa a few years ago. So, Bentley Continental GT3. I'm trying to remember what years that was running. 2015 to 20... I think it finished in 2021 was the last time M Sport. Yeah. So, you're looking 2018, I think, was the new version, which is the run with a really big grill on the front. Looks amazing. Yeah, okay. So... Bentley Continental GT3, which is turbocharged V8, if I remember correctly. Yep. Car I'm going to choose was one of its rivals. Aston Martin Racing Vantage V8 GT3. So you've got two different US tracks. <clears throat> yep. Two different GT3 cars right here on Commentator's Corner. Bentley. And Aston Martin. You couldn't think of two bigger British marks Brilliant. that have been involved in motorsport for so many years. Johnny Ashley has been having a pleasure having you on here for Commentators Corner for episode number 24. Anyone you want to give a shout out to before we go? Uh, just everyone at Owned, especially Ben Brown, Dave Selecki, the founders of Owned. Uh, you know, I couldn't do it without them. Adam Ely as well, as of Sim Racing GP. You know, he's been my kind of my guy for, for many years. And uh, my first ever community boss. Uh, over at OTL, Matt Wilmot, who's an absolute legend, taught me everything I know and keeps me on a straight and narrow. So there you go. Brilliant. Big thank you to Johnny for joining me on episode number 24. Got another guest coming up for episode 25 at a quarter of a century, folk. Don't forget, uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, like, share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, also, this is not only a video podcast, it's also an audio podcast. We are now uh, sharing this Far and wide through Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and also Google Podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. See you very soon for episode 25. Goodbye.